This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com. One place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. On this episode of Get Real Podcast, I have Carissa Culliner joining me. She is the beautiful, badass, bombshell host of E! News. She hosts the Daily Pop. She hosts the News Live. The, well, I don't know if it's live, but it's what comes on E! Like the big news show. She's a total rock star. She loves country music, too. We talk all about her favorite country celebs that she's gotten to interview We talk about what she's learned just from being in the spotlight, being around people in the spotlight, what she's learned about life, fame, the human experience. She's a mom. We talk about mom life, balance, having a thriving career, and also loving your child and making all of that work and time. And she's just so honest, so real. I love her so much. I've admired her for so long. And I know y'all are going to love this interview. So here is Carissa. Okay. Hey, what's up? Carissa Culliner. What's up? How are you, Caroline? Do you go by Caroline or just Carol? Caroline, but you can call me Caro. My friends <laughs> okay. call me Caro. It's like, you know, like an endearing nickname. Yeah, I I think it took me a while to remember your name was Caroline, because I think I've always called you Carol from your Instagram. Yeah, Carol Hobby. Carol, Carol Hobby. Hey, what's up? Not much. So I've been admiring you for a long time. You're a badass. Oh, I don't know about that. You are. Thank you. (laughs) Back at you. I mean, you are. I love watching you on red carpets. I feel like, did I meet you on a red carpet? You did. I remember it was in Nashville. I think it was. Oh, I stalked you down. I don't know if it was CMT or CMA Awards. I feel like it was CMT, but I could be wrong. I actually think it was ACM Honors. Oh, well, (laughs) then the ACM Honors. And yeah, and you came up and you were so sweet. And I was like, okay, I'm going to remember this girl because she's like the sweetest thing ever. And Alicia was there too. Yes, yeah, she's the best. Who I she, see her at every country work show. Who does Alicia w- work for? ET? Extra, I think. Extra. Maybe ET. I think I, one of the E's. She does freelance. She does a few, I think. And yeah, okay. So Carissa, for everyone listening, is the incredible host, badass of E! News, E daily is it E E daily pop daily pop yeah daily pop <laughs> daily so <laughs> you are just up in all of the juice oh I more than I want to be sometimes <laughs> do you just know so much about so many people ah uh, it has added up over the years like to total stalker level sometimes it's a little embarrassing (laughs) like sometimes whenever I meet people like in real life I'm like have to remind myself like be cool be cool because (laughs) I could easily be like and your last hit was this and then you did this and remember that time when you got photographed with that girl on the beach and then like I could go through their whole history and I'm like 
they're going to think I'm a freak. So I, I try to play it cool. Like, hey, nice to meet you. I just found out what your name was. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know anything about I you. I don't know anything about you. Okay, so talk to me a little bit how you got into hosting and reporting and then landed this killer job on Eve where you're crushing life. <laughs> well, it's kind of a long story, but I'll give you the short version. I was working in radio, country radio in Missouri. And you're a country girl. Mm-hmm. Hence why I love doing all the country music award shows and how I met you. Um, I then wanted to start working on camera and I got a job offer at this online news company that was local and I was working there and then randomly on a trip, I was in Miami and I got this email from an agent at William Morris saying, hey, I would love to meet with you and talk to you about what your future goals are and things like that. And I thought it was spam. I really didn't think it was real. I was like, I don't know what this is. I was telling my, well, he's my husband now, but my boyfriend at the time, I'm like, some guy from William Morris, this can't be right. And he's like, who gives a shit? Just write back, see what they say. And so I did. And we ended up t uh, getting on the phone. And before the end of the call, we were talking about like meeting up and maybe like, you know, I'd come out to New York and we could meet face to face one of these days. And I thought, oh, this is cool, but it'll be, you know, another year until I probably actually meet this guy. And we're about to hang up the phone. And he says, well, I'm traveling back. I'm in Miami right now. I was like, are you serious? I'm in Miami right now. So we ended up meeting for a beer that day. And he is really the one, John Rosen is his name. He's my agent at WME. And he's really the one who introduced me to E. And so he set up a, a meeting with them. I had that meeting. And the next day they asked me to audition. And I came back and I auditioned. I did not get the job. <laughs> And then you did not get the job. I did not get the job, and I came back. I was about a year, so I actually met, had a lot of meetings with a variety of different networks, and I came back and continued to work at my online news company named Newsy in Columbia, Missouri, and was just kind of doing my thing, getting better at what I was doing because I hadn't really been on camera for a very long time at this point. And then a year went by, and E reached out to John, was like, "Hey." That Carissa girl, does she still like E? Because we kind of want to see her again. And so I came out and I did a whole week audition and I got the job. And then. So they never uh, forgot you. They didn't. And you know what? That's like one thing I always try to tell people who are in this hosting world. You, it's like, you know, two steps forward, three steps back, two steps forward, three steps back. You feel like you're so close. I mean, I auditioned for CMT, I auditioned for several different things and I didn't get it. And then, you know, sometimes these conversations just take way longer than you think they're going to. Very rarely is it like, hi, nice to meet you. We're going to put you on a show next week. <laughs> you know, it's like you stay in touch and a couple years might go by and then eventually there's a right fit and it works out. So it just takes time sometimes. Do you believe that timing is everything? I do think timing is everything, 100%. I mean, even actually whenever I didn't get the audition, I remember walking out and my husband said, you know, like, how'd you do? And I said, honestly, if I were them, I would have said, she's totally got potential, but she's very green. And I think it is timing. And I think whenever I came back that next year, I'd learned so much over that next year because I really had a goal in mind at this point. You know, I did, it, he wasn't necessarily on my radar yet, you know, and then now it was. And so was so, he your goal? Like you had put E as the goal? After, after I had that kind of taste, like, so close. You, know, you had that audition, that second meeting, and oh, it didn't work out. Then it's like, all right, well, if I get that opportunity again, I'm not going to be green. I'm definitely going to, you know, show up and rise to the occasion. And I feel like that's exactly what I did. But I don't, I think it maybe took that audition to really narrow in my focus. I knew I wanted to do more. I just hadn't narrowed it down to like exactly what it was or exactly where I would be. But that audition that you know little close call really put um like a bullseye on my map where so I how go. did you prepare what did you do in that year to prepare to not be green well 
a variety of things. Where I was working at, we were kind of the jack of all trades type way where you write your stories, you produce your stories, you edit your stories, you anchor your stories, you do everything. And so being well-rounded like that was really important because whenever I started um, at E, I was just doing digital and digital is where I literally excelled. That's exactly what I had been doing over the last year. So I felt extremely comfortable and confident with what they were asking me to do because it was the same thing I was doing every day. Um, in fact, I could like offer to, you know, maybe do more than some of the other people that were auditioning to because I had that experience of writing and producing and editing and, and, you know, journalistic background and stuff like that. So, um, I think it was just a little bit of everything. I always feel like at every job I learned something that gives me a new skill that has, you know, that adds to your complete package. Cause everybody's like more than just one thing, you know, you can't just be good at one thing and you have a lot of talents and sometimes you don't even know what they are until you're forced to learn them on the job. And you're like, Oh, I need to start editing video. No problem. <laughs> I did a class in college. I got this. Totally. Um, yeah. But after a while, you know, I got really good at it and then I didn't have to edit at E which thank God, because they use a whole different program, but I did have to write and stuff. So that helped out a lot. So do you write your own pieces and your own stories? Do you go find yeah. them? Um, okay. So my, my role has really adapted over the last few years. Currently I don't, but my, my main focus is doing daily pop. And so with so daily, pop, about daily pop, yeah, let's break that down. Yeah, that's a one-hour live show where we talk about the biggest entertainment stories of the day. Sometimes we're talking about lifestyle stuff like dating and love and relationships and that kind of fun stuff too. Um, and But it's also like the top headlines. So with that, we do have producers and they write the scripts. I will look over the scripts and I'll make sure that they're in my own words and kind of do my own checking and saying like, oh, I think we want to rephrase that or maybe we want to add one more detail or maybe we have too many details, <laughs> you know, whatever the, the ed, you know, edits I might want to make. So I don't write them from scratch with Daily Pop. Um, a lot of it's mostly conversation based. I just will have scripts to kind of get the gist of the story out before we have the conversation just to make sure we don't leave out any important facts that are crucial to the story. So what is it like doing it live and having all these guests come on? What have been some like crazy stories? I love that we're live. It's such like an adrenaline rush. It really is because you can't take anything back. Yeah. You know, there's, there's no recording and you know, we are constantly sometimes on purpose, sometimes we don't even mean to putting each other on the spot, you know, and asking each other like tough questions. And you're like, man, I have never actually thought about this, but I guess I'm going to give you an answer right now, live <laughs> on television in front of the whole entire world. Let me make sure this comes out right. <sighs> and sometimes it doesn't, and it is what it is, you know, but that's kind of the fun of it. Um, I love having live guests on. We had the Jared Leto on and um, I remember- The Jared Leto. The Jared Leto on. <laughs> And, and who Marlon Wayans we had on, oh my gosh, you're going to love this story being um, pregnant and about <laughs> to have your baby. He came on, I was pregnant with my son, Chase, and he was telling me it was, I was really pregnant. Like it was about to happen. He was telling me about the ring of fire. You heard about the ring of fire? Yes, I have. But for all those listening, tell people what the ring of fire is. So the ring of fire is supposed to be like this burning sensation you get right as the baby's coming out or something along those lines. Freaked me out. I was so like, oh my God, why are you telling me this? Like, I already know there's a lot of pain, but now you're telling me there's a ring of freaking fire. And <laughs> this burning sensation down there. Nothing sounds pleasant about that at all. Um, I did not feel the ring of fire. Granted, I had an epidural. Maybe that's why. <laughs> Maybe if you don't have an epidural, you feel the ring of fire. I don't remember feeling that. But And he was telling everybody about how you're going to poop when you give birth. Oh, yes. I've heard that. Your husband's head up and stuff. Which, by the way, for the record, as far as at least what my husband tells me, he says, I did not poop when I gave birth. <laughs> so I'm very happy about that. He may be lying to me. I don't know, but I'm going with that. Um, <laughs> Anywho, so yeah, it's pretty, it's just fun. Like anything happens and um, we've had on everything from like, you know, male strippers <laughs> like oh teaching my God. like our 
to host Justin, how to dance. We've had, then we have like dietitians or nutritionists and stuff that give us like health advice. Um, and then, yeah, we have tons of celebrities on all the time. We have a different celebrity on and it's just fun, especially whenever like it's something where news just broke out about them or they just got signed onto a project and we get to be that first person to talk to them about it. You know, that's always so exciting to get the first conversation about it. Is it usually good stories or have you ever had a guest on there that's having to like share a like, oops, I did this and here I'm coming on to make amends for my action kind of story? Oh, I would love somebody to come on and make amends <laughs> for the action, but no, we don't get that very often. I feel like more celebrities nowadays are, are more comfortable doing that on social media because they can write it out, have somebody proofread it, have their publicists look at it, their wives, their husbands, you know, say like, okay, does this sound okay before they want to hit publish? I think going live with apologies is too nerve wracking. True. You know, it's like, oh, I, what if I mess up and make this even worse? I'm just going to do something very scripted and very perfect and, you know, or they'll send it out through their rep. But we have had people where we'll say like, you just tweeted this out, you know, what did, what was that supposed to mean? You know, and have them explain what they were talking about, um, that kind of stuff and put them on the spot a little bit in that way. But, but nothing that they don't expect. I mean, you tweet something out, you're, expected to be asked about it. <laughs> if it's public knowledge, then it's right. fair game. Yeah, totally. And you also host like the live E or I don't know if it's live, but like the big E show too, sometimes like as yeah, the e anchor. Yeah. So E news. Yeah, I do. Um, sometimes I, I don't do it as often as I used to, but I definitely still, um, I'm a correspondent for them. So today actually right before here, I did a shoot for them. That's why I was running a little bit late. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, and so, yeah, so my work day is kind of crazy. The only thing that's consistent is I get there at 545 and my show Daily Pop goes live at 9 a.m. Pacific time and then it's 9 a.m. Eastern time as well. And But we actually air in L.A. at 12. But anywho, and then, um, and then after that show, it really – varies. Some days I'm doing interviews, some days I'm doing prep for future interviews, some days I'm doing, I'm working on the e-news show like as like an anchor um, type role. Sometimes I'm t just doing a lot of meetings about future projects that we're working on or recap projects about something we did work on, <laughs> you know, all those meetings. So is it, do you just show up and find out what you're doing that day kind of? After Daily Pop, yeah. Up until Daily Pop is consistent every day. After Daily Pop, I don't know. And so that's why it's always so hard to like make a schedule. I'm like, I don't know. I could be off around one or I could be off at five. I don't know. Or I could be off but then have to go to a premiere that night. So it's just a different schedule every day. But so it's you, okay because it's fun. So you kind of know like every day, like you just kind of have to be wide open and flexible. I mean, I, in general terms, I mean, they're really good about you know, if it's a premiere at night, I'll get out, you know, they'll tell me about that days in advance, you know, if it's an evening situation, just it's kind of up, you know, in the afternoon up until like until E! News is completed shooting. That's when I'm kind of need to be available. Totally. Okay. So I just want to kind of ask you about this and obviously just explain how you feel comfortable. No big deal. Like Kat Sadler was one of the hosts on E! Like the main correspondence. And ever since she kind of left, I feel like, is that, is that kind of let you not let you, but it opened up the spot for the anchor more, but also how have you navigated that water too? Because I know she's your friend. I know she's awesome and a woman and the whole, yeah. like the whole thing that went about the pay. I mean, I don't even know if you have feelings about it or if you just stayed neutral because she I wasn't being paid the same as the other anchor or mm -hmm. I don't know so, if I'm saying that right. Yeah, you know, I love Kat. I adore Kat. I will always support Kat. And I love her podcast, actually. It's called So Me Good. Kitty. So good. Um, she's an amazing interviewer. And I will always support her and be her friend and love her till the end of time. Um, I also love E, you know. So it's kind of whenever, like, your two best friends get into a fight. <laughs> and you're <laughs> like, um, I love you both. Uh, I'm going to just sit this one out and let you two do your thing. But I'm on both of your sides, you know, and I, I feel for how she felt. Um, I know E has, has their perspective of the story too, but it's kind of, um, 
Yeah. I, I, I love them both, you know? I totally get that. I feel that same way. It's like, you know, you can't, you just have to let people work out their own situations. Yeah, exactly. So when you are hosting and interviewing, have you ever gotten starstruck? Yes. hundred percent. Okay. Who makes you, cause you're interviewing the biggest stars out there. You know what? It's like crazy. The people I'm the biggest, so Reba, for example. Reba. Reba. Nicest, kindest, most warm person you could ever interview in your life, right? I'm sure you've probably met her multiple times. So sweet and so warm. And I knew exactly what I wanted to ask her. And I don't know what happened. I just, she like walked up and I'm like, hi, Reba. It was so awkward and so uncomfortable. I was literally giving myself a pep talk right before. I was like, don't be weird. Don't be weird. Don't be weird. And I walked up and I was weird (laughs) as hell. And I was just like, I don't even know what my problem was because I, I don't know. I, it, it, she did nothing to make me feel this way besides just being Reba. <laughs> but, you know, it's just kind of random people like that, you know, and I don't, I'm not saying she's Reba, like Shania Twain. I also got really nervous about, because I'm such a diehard country music fan that it seems to be like those artists that I really have this like super high respect for and I've really looked up to and I've always, you know, admired and, and, you know, it's kind of sometimes like a once in a lifetime opportunity. You may not get the opportunity to interview them again. They're not like constantly on the road all the time anymore and so even though they are both doing things but anyways I was those two I was extremely nervous about Garth Brooks is also one that I remember getting nervous about but now I've interviewed him several times and he he just makes you feel like you're the best interviewer ever like every question he's like that's a great question I'm like really all he said was (laughs) how are you (laughs) he's just so kind and makes me like really pumps you back up and I mean it's so amazing to me sometimes how how some of these artists can be so warm and just so loving to media, you know, because it's not that way all the time at all. But country music, they are. That's why that's my like favorite area to be in because it's just this warm, happy feeling every time you leave. You're like, oh, everybody was just so nice, you know? And it's true. I do agree with you. I think all of the stars in country music are so kind and so warm and so inviting and they want to make mm-hmm. you feel good. They want to answer your questions. Like it's not, it's just, it is a really beautiful community. It really is. I know you're lucky. I love the country music community. But see now I get starstruck because you're dealing with like LA superstars too on the daily. And like to me, they don't even seem real because I've never, I'm not around Hollywood ever. So like to me, like, mm-hmm. like Kate Hudson and like Cameron Diaz and, you know, the rock and all that. Like, it's like, yeah. Oh my God, Holy cow. Those people aren't even real, but you probably just see them on the regular. You know, Jessica Alba, I remember was always one that I had in this kind of like, is she even real category? And then the one thing that whenever you're in Hollywood long enough, I have interviewed Jessica Alba a few times, but, and she is very real and very cool and very normal. But the thing that makes it even more normal is and maybe why it doesn't feel as um, intimidating whenever you're here for so long is that you always, you kind of start to find, like, I know somebody who knows her or I, you know, I have a friend who's a friend of hers and hearing them anytime it's kind of that like acquaintance, like, you know, if, if it's a friend of yours, I'm like, well, then she's probably a cool chick. Like, I mean, you're not going to be hanging out with somebody that is a total bitch. So <laughs> I'm sure she's pretty cool. And so that's kind of where I think the intimidation comes out. Now, I don't know anybody that knows and hangs out with Oprah. I'm oh, like, and I have not to get, to, I have yet to interview her, but would you, know, you die? So I, I would die. I would die. It would be worse than Reba. 10 times worse than <laughs> Reba. I mean, no fans, Reba. Like you're up there, but there's also like Oprah. I don't even know. <laughs> Oprah's like, she is, she's like a saint. It's like Saint Oprah. I know. You know? I know. She's just superhuman. I, she should be president. I, I mean, know. Go for it. Why not? I think that would be amazing. Yeah. I'm with you. Oprah's like it. By the way, I have to ask you, how are you feeling? You're like due any second. Like, I want you to actually go into labor during this podcast because this will be the most popular podcast you've ever had. Wouldn't <laughs> it be? I was a part of it. I am due tomorrow. Oh so my God. By the time this podcast airs, I will have had a baby girl. 
Um, I went to the gyno today and she checked my cervix and my dilation and my effacement and nothing is happening. So did she sweep your membrane? She didn't sweep my membra- membrane, but she you was You guys like, don't know what that is. You don't want to know. Did you get your sweeped? Yes, I did. It's not fun. So basically you get the finger shoved up in there. <laughs> Like, are you done yet? Oh my gosh. She's like, just one more second. But that one, it's like not long at all. It really isn't. But it felt like it was taking her too long. I'm like, a sweep is like a, like, why is it just do a little sweep, one sweep? And then they kind of like go back and forth to open up the cervix, right? Yeah. They're really, they're really getting up there. Did you go into labor after that? No, not at all. I had to be induced. See, I have, I'm scared I'm going to have to be induced because I'm due tomorrow, but since nothing's really happening, I she's got an induction date for next Friday. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, if nothing happens, how was being induced? Was it painful? Um, no, it's a gradual process, especially since it's your first kid. And I, I mean, that's what I hear. I'm not no doctor. Don't quote me on this, but from what I hear with your first kid, it's kind of a gradual thing. It can take like 12 hours. It took me a full day. Like I went in, I think at 7 p.m. and I had him around 7 p.m. the following day. It was like 24 hours later. Um, the Pitocin like went all the way to the max and still wasn't going. I mean, I did like all the things. So it just took a while, but eventually, eventually the labor finally started and it did, you know, get going. It's just a long process. That's all. Just get comfortable, <laughs> you know, be prepared to be there for a while. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What has being a mother taught you? Oh, man. That there's just one thing that matters the most in this world, and that's family. You know, like, nothing else matters. You know, I I care a lot about, I mean, everything, I mean, other things matter, but I care a lot about my career. I care a lot about um, every, you know, a lot of different things, my friends and my marriage and all that. But like being a mother, I don't know that there's anything that I care about more than that. Um, my marriage is tied. Okay. They're, they're tied. But <laughs> you and your husband are precious. Oh, thanks. Thanks. We've been together a long time. How long? We've been together 10 years. We've only been married three, but we've been together for a while. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah, we were we were ready for the baby. We were like, sure. okay, let's do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you feeling? Are you excited to have a baby? Yeah, I'm. 
I'm super excited. I have a lot of anxiety about her going to bed at nighttime. I know that's really weird. <laughs> Just like <laughs> well, when I'm asleep and she's asleep, I think it's like a control thing. It's because I won't be able to just like stare at her all the time and make sure she's breathing. <laughs> You'll be okay. For some reason, I feel like you will close your eyes and uncontrollably pass out sometimes. So I think like your anxiety will still be there a hundred percent, but there will be times where your body just says, no, 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 we're shutting down now. Like we you're have done. To. You're done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you may not get a long nap, but a little nap here and there. So overall, I'm pretty excited about it. I, I mean, I'm very excited about it. Of course, there's fears, but I feel like maybe Mother Nature does this beautiful thing of making you, like you said, so exhausted when they arrive that you actually don't have time to just worry about all your fears, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know about that, actually. <laughs> I mean, you are exhausted, but I wouldn't say your fears go away. I got, and maybe this will, hopefully this won't happen to you. I was a little a little cray cray when I came home with the baby. I was I was making sure we were moving furniture. Everything I thought was going to fall on him. Like I was just like, oh, no, 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 that might fall. That might fall. Oh, that could fall on him. And my husband would be like, even if it fell and flew 10 feet, it's not going to hit him. I don't know. But if we have an earthquake and it flow, it flies across the room and nails him in the head, that corner is sharp and it could nail him, it could bust him and could have a scar for the rest of his life. You know, I was just, I was a little dramatic. Um, but you know, it did calm down after a while. And I think that's sort of normal. Um, (laughs) I mean, I had enough people to kind of like calm me down, but it was that. And I remember breastfeeding was really stressful for me in the very beginning. It was, it didn't happen right off the bat. I ended up having to get like a lactation consultant. And I remember that stressing me out and I was just being extremely emotional over that. And then we finally got into the groove um, and it worked out good, but it was definitely something that took a minute for us. I've heard that. Everyone's like, do not get freaked out or frustrated if breastfeeding doesn't work right away. Mm -hmm. Just stick with it. Get help if you need it. You know, I finally did. You know, I was, I was really upset and basically I thought I had it down at the hospital. You know, they showed it to you and I was like, oh, he's eating. That's great. And then I was listening to too many people talking to me. And I think I was trying to take everybody's advice and find my own little like way I wanted to do things. And I remember when I went to his first checkup, he had lost too much weight. Not like a crazy amount where my doctor was extremely alarmed, but enough to freak me out. Like I'm starving my child. I am not giving him any milk. And so I really was determined to get it right, but he just wasn't latching correctly. And and we just were not figuring it out. And then I finally had a lactation consultant come to my house, you can actually, you can either go to them or sometimes they'll come to your house. I, I don't know if you ever get in this situation, I recommend them coming to your house because then they can see where you're at, how you're sitting in your bed, in your chair. You know, like whenever I was at the hospital and I was propped up all perfectly, it was like working, but that wasn't my real life back home. And so I needed somebody to actually help me back home and tell me how to do it when I'm in my bed and when I'm in my and how long? It was just really overwhelming to me in the beginning. Now I feel like if I have another kid, I'm like, I got this. Like they all say, like once you've done it once, you're you're an expert. But riding a bike, knows, maybe I'll have problems again. Hopefully not. But so, what has marriage been like with a kid? Marriage has been, you know, this. I would say the same, except for happier. There's so many more happier moments, like. Just the fulfillment we get at staying home on a Friday night and just like watching my son dance to Mickey Mouse or watching my son like play, you know, with his toys and stuff. It's that stuff where like when we were just a couple, we would stay home sometimes and have like family or couple time or whatever at home. But we're always like, let's go out. Like, this is boring. Like, why are we here? Like, we don't, I don't know, like quality family time is at a whole nother level of importance to us. I love that. Yeah. So it just okay. it it just happens because kids are fun and they're funny. Just watch, and you will find this. You'll like sit there, and like two hours will go by, and you'll just be watching them. Like, <laughs> just what did we do for these last two hours? We can do something productive with our lives. All we're doing is sitting here just watching him. I don't well, know. It's just because they're discovering all day, every day. Everything's so new. 
Yeah, they're quite amazing. They're fun. And he's at a really fun age now. He's almost two. And so he's starting to talk and has like a really distinct personality and dance and just do goofy, silly things and just cracks me up. Because your husband's kind of fun and goofy too, right? Yeah, he is a goof. And you're really laid back and fun too. So it's only normal that your son would be like a free spirit. Yeah. I'm stubborn like him. I mean, I can be stubborn too, but <laughs> a little stubborn like his dad. Um, but definitely goofy like the both of us and loves to like dance and be silly like me. And yeah. Something I love that you've been doing is you've been doing an inter- like interviews with moms on, what yeah. is that called? So it's called Mom to Mom. We actually retired the series. But I know, but we're going to bring it back in a different way where we're just kind of working out exactly how it's going to look. But yeah, that was really fun. It was like, you know, kind of like what you're doing, just like unfiltered normal conversations with, with other celebrity moms. Because one of the things that I learned in Hollywood is when I lived in Missouri and I looked at celebrities, I thought, oh man, they all just have probably three nannies and, and chefs and they don't even wipe their kids' butts, you know, <laughs> like, they don't even do any of this stuff. And do they have nannies? Sure. Do they still though are extremely hands-on moms? Absolutely. Like they are like hundred percent, you know, just working moms, just like all of us, you know, and sometimes we need help, whether it's a nanny or a daycare or a grandma or whoever it is, you know, and if you can afford a nanny and it works out with you, then you would. But at the same time, you know, a lot of them sometimes don't even do that. A lot of them are completely hundred percent hands on and with their kids all the time. And I just felt like that, that was such a big misconception about Hollywood moms that wasn't really fair to them. You know, like they don't take care of their kids and they do. They're like just as hands on dirty, wiping the poop out of their fingernails. Just like <laughs> y'all have done. <laughs> what have you learned about balance now? It's having like a really big career and also having a child who you're obsessed with, being married, all that. How, what does balance mean to you now? And how have you found, found it? Well, there is no such thing. <laughs> and anyone who says they have the balance, they're full of it. Um, the truth is some weeks mom wins, some weeks works wins, you know? And Do you struggle with that or have you accepted it? I do struggle with it, um, but I've but I've definitely gotten better as time has gone. I think the struggle really happened a lot whenever I was coming off maternity leave. Um, that was really hard, you know, to, to like have him every single day, all day, and then have to go back to work and, and leave him. But, um, you know, I still, but I still, every once in a while I have this mom guilt, you know, sometimes I have to travel for work and I'll go to town for a few days. And, and that's really hard whenever you're like leaving them for like over a day, you know, cause that's just not something that happens very often. But I just think to myself, you know, I owe this to him to be a successful woman and to be an example that he looks up to, like the kind of strong woman that I hope he falls in love with or is friends with someday, however he wants to, you know, go about it. But I just want him to look up as me as like a strong woman who really fought for her dreams, but was always 100% there for him when he needed, you know? And it's like, I can't be everywhere at one time, but I think he knows like how much I love him. And I think that's like all that, all that mom can do is just show and make sure that their kids know that you're always there for them, whether you're physically there or you're a phone call away. Um, but you also have to show up for yourself too. And I think that that is what is so exciting about this generation of women that you and I get to be a part of is it is totally one. It's accepted. It's encouraged that women are following their dreams and having families and doing it all. Just like men have always done it all, you know, yeah. and now we're getting this chance to do it. And it's not like look down upon, but it's just like us overcoming that guilt within our own brains, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and like I said, there's going to be some weeks where you're going to be like, I, I didn't even know Chase knew how to do that. You know, my husband like, he's been doing that for three days. I'm like, what do you mean? He's been doing that for three days. You know, it'll be like little things like that because you've been so occupied at work or, you know, vice versa though. Sometimes I'll, you know, I was there for a while, you know, not really being able to work late for the longest time because of our 
childcare situation. And so I was like, man, I got to figure something out because I feel like I'm missing out on so many like great interviews that I'd really love to do or like big premieres that I would like to do because I just don't have the help. Um, and so we had to eventually figure that out, you know, but it just takes some time. And, and like I said, so moms win sometimes, work win sometimes, and you just do what you got to do. You just, you just get through it. (laughs) But I agree with you. I mean, I feel the same way. I want my daughter to see me still following my dreams. Like, and it's whatever anyone wants. Like some women's dream is to be a stay at home mom. Some women like just want, want to be a homemaker and that's beautiful. But if Mm -hmm. you have this other desire and this dream that you've chased or this career that you've been building, like, I don't want my daughter to see me give it all up just because I had a kid, you know, cause I want her to chase her dreams. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So yeah. I hear you on that. But I love interviewing women like you. And like I interviewed Jesse James Decker and she's the same way, like building an empire, like crushing it, still yeah. crushing it at mom life. It's like you can't do it all. I know. She, she's good. I mean, she's definitely got it down to science. I know I've, I've interviewed her so many times and she'll tell me how she'll fly out for an event, but then like fly back to try to be there for like when her kids wake up in the morning. I'm like, girl. You just don't sleep. <laughs> you just don't sleep. She just really goes in for it. I'm like, I, I take that hotel room stay. And I, uh, Go ahead and get a full I night's sleep. I'm like, I don't set an alarm. <laughs> I don't listen to a kid wake me up. I enjoy that snoozing <laughs> in the hotel room. So tell me about being vulnerable because you're in a job that you have to put your personality out there and you have to be able to roll with the flow of whatever is coming your way in a conversation. I'm sure you've had moments where you've been like caught off guard or, you know, things have kind of like, you know, you have to just deal with whatever questions are flying at you. What, what is being vulnerable to you? And tell me how that plays into you as an interviewer and a host and what Mm -hmm. you, and, and other people too, that you've interviewed, how has vulnerability shown up in a good way? Man, I feel as though I've always been someone who's been kind of an open book Um, I've just not really, I've just, I've always been comfortable with that. Like I've, I've, I don't really have much to hide. Um, I don't really like, and I don't mean that in a negative way. Like people have something to hide, but like, I just have never been super, hasn't been very difficult for me to share. Um, so, but I will say like daily pop, you know, has really pushed me to share more than I ever thought I would. I mean, we talk about sex and you know, porn. Does your husband ever call you and like, babe, what the hell did you just say on live TV? No, not at all. <laughs> it's funny because one, he used to watch more. Now he doesn't have time to watch. <laughs> he's, Probably he's a like, good thing. <laughs> I know. Um, but really, he's honestly, he doesn't care. He kind of knew exactly what he signed up for, you know, whenever he met me and he knew where my career was going and, and that this kind of stuff was a part of the job. Like he totally gets it. And there's nothing really... I mean, I guess I probably have some certain boundaries that I wouldn't cross, of course, but there's, for the most part, you know, I think that's how people relate to you. And how can you be relatable if you're just a closed book? Like, how can I, how can they see who I am and, you know, have any interest in my life if I don't share it? So I just felt like it was part of the job. It's part of being, you know, and also like, who am I to judge other people's opinions about what to do on a first date, you know, even if it's minuscule or something like that, if I'm not even going to be willing to share what I would do or the mistakes I've made in the past or something like that, I feel like there's a little bit of, and same thing back to interviewing. If I'm not willing to share how I feel about something or a struggle that I've had, like when I was doing the mom to mom show, if I wasn't going to be open and honest about how breastfeeding just was not easy for me and I really struggled and I, and I cried and I was having a hard time, then why would they want to share something back with me? It's just one of those things like, I guess I kind of feel like, who do you think you are to like ask me questions and you just be like sitting there on your high horse, not sharing anything about yourself. I Um, totally agree with you. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like, you can't expect all these people to open up their hearts and share with you if you're not going to share your story. Yeah. On some level. Exactly. And, and granted, most of the interest is not in my story. It's more the people that I'm interviewing, but I at least want them to know that I'm willing to go there if they wanted to like go back and, you know, ask me the question back and stuff like that. Um, 
but I also am very in check to know that I am not the celebrity in the interview. So, so I'm like, always bring the ginger back to them. Have you noticed that a lot of celebrities that you interview are willing to be vulnerable? It totally depends on their mood that day, number one. <laughs> um, it's so funny. Like you'll talk to one, like a particular person, and it's probably like this with people you know in everyday life too, but it's like one day you talk to them and you're totally vibing and they're, they're open book and they're like, yeah, I'm mad at my husband for this or and me and this girl are not fighting or fighting right now because of this. And then the next time you talk to them, they'll be like, I'm sorry. I don't want to, next question. Like, you know, like, I'm like, what? Like last week you were literally like talking all sorts of shit on people. And now you're like, I have nothing to say. <laughs> um, so it kind of just depends on their mood. Most people who live like, like any reality stars, they're always open books because they're like so used to sharing it as it is. Um, it's more like the artists or the, the actors and actresses who aren't really open about their personal lives and stuff that they are the ones that, you know, you can be a little like, oh, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't ask this question because that might really like rub them the wrong way. Um, so sometimes they can be a little more guarded, but they, you kind of know who you're dealing with before they walk in, you know? Uh, there's like the research behind, you're like, well, let's see, this person's never once talked about the fact that they've had a boyfriend for seven years and <laughs> they just keep acknowledging, just don't acknowledge this person. Right. They just don't acknowledge that person. That's fine. Have you ever had a moment where you're like, oh, crap, like this did not go the way I wanted it to go? And how do you uh, recover if you have? Yeah, there was one A-list actress um, who I remember <laughs> she goes, <laughs> what was, I can't remember what the event was. The event was something about beauty and I, I can't, I seriously can't remember exactly what the question was, but she literally straight up goes, that was a stupid question. <laughs> Did you die? I was like, uh, maybe it was, but sorry. And then I was like, okay, well, can I ask you one more? What's a beauty must have in your purse? She's like, oh my God. Like she thought that again was also the stupidest question she ever heard. And I was like, she's like, freaking chapstick. I don't know. And like walked off and I was like, she hates me. <laughs> what <laughs> happened? And then I realized my question was not that stupid. We were at a beauty event. Okay. I asked you a beauty question. What's something that's in your purse? That's like a beauty must have. That is not like a totally off the wall, insane question to ask whenever you're at an event launching a beauty product. Okay. So for me, I was like, okay, she's just having a bad day. She's taking it out on me, whatever. Good for you. Yeah. Okay, like something cool. else is going on there yeah, for sure better <laughs> but yeah it's definitely happened and you're just like okay whatever shake it off so what have you learned about humanity and people and celebrities being around all of these people that we put on pedestals on a very daily basis you getting to see the ins and outs of their lives their personalities what have you kind of taken away about the human experience just across the board because you know all the spectrum from like regular people to people who that we think are untouchable? Um, I think everybody is insecure in some way or another. Totally. And I think that's the thing. We have this, like, oh, she's so beautiful. She's so perfect. She's got a husband. She's got kids. She's got so much money. She has this. She has that. But you know what? She probably goes home and cries over something. Something. I don't know what. But there's something that really bothers her and that's her trigger and that she gets upset about and she's stressing about and she doesn't know how she's going to fix it in her life. We all have that thing, you know, and nobody is immune to that. Everybody has something that is keeping them up at night that they're stressing about, they're worrying about. And, you know, that's just doesn't, it doesn't matter how old you are, how rich you are, how experienced, how successful you are. There's something that you can't control. And I don't, you know, and that's something that's bothering you. And I think that that's the humanity thing like I've learned, you know, and every time you ever talk to celebrities, maybe like off camera more than on camera, but they'll, they'll say like, you know, oh man, I just, I've not been sleeping, you know, whatever it is, like they have, they'll be vulnerable and they'll share those things that like everybody's going through something, mm -hmm. no matter who you are. Like you just don't know what's happening in someone's life. It's, just because it looks perfect on social media or it looks perfect in the magazines, 
I promise you nobody's life is perfect. <laughs> Do you think knowing that and getting to experience that on such an intimate level, has that made you feel like we're more connected? Yeah, I think so. I think I feel definitely more connected to everyone and even just like strangers on social media with that too, because you're kind of like, whenever I see somebody that, you know, I like to follow a lot of like hashtags that have to do with motherhoods and moms and postpartum bodies and just, I don't know, people that are sharing like real truths about how they feel. I always just want to like, like it or comment or give some support or encouragement because it's a lot to share that sometimes. And I think though, but the fact that I can read it online and I'm usually liking it because I'm like, girl, yes, that was me last week. Yes. You know, and you props to you for being bold enough to like admit that. I haven't even admitted that publicly. I mean, I'm going to like your thing, but I haven't even like put that on my own situation. You know, my own, I haven't spilled my situation out there like that, but that's exactly how I feel. Um, I, I think, yeah, just in general, like it's just a, a connection, like, and maybe that's something that you do come with time and maturity where you just realize, man, like, I think you're just chasing something so much in your twenties and then you get to your thirties and you're kind of like, I am who I am. And, you know, I am happy in these areas of my life, this areas of my life I want to improve. And I don't think that's probably ever going to change. I'm always going to have something I want to improve in my life. And, you know, you're just, you're just growing and learning and yeah. I do agree with you. I think twenties are all about chasing and trying to, I always was trying to catch some sort of career, get some sort of break. Someone was always like ahead of me. I just, if I could just be more like this or if I could just get here, then maybe I'd be happy or whatever. And then you get to your thirties and you've lived through some epic heartbreak, like for me and like career you know, mm-hmm. like you have some high points and then you have some major lows. Yeah. And you start to realize that it's kind of like a wave in a way. It is. And then, I don't know. There's something about now and maybe this is motherhood. Maybe this is thirties. Maybe it's a combination, but where, you know what? Like at the end of the day, do I have a roof over my head? Do I have food in my mouth, food in my kid's mouth? Are we eating? Are we safe? You know, it's like, those are like the most important things. Um, I do want my career to go well. It's very important to me, 100%, you know, and I, you know, same thing with my husband. I want everything to work out well, but, you know, I don't know, you kind of get back to the bare bones of what like, hey, bare bones, like all that other stuff that we stressed about, like the anxiety of like, do I have this? Do I have that? Am I going to reach this milestone by this particular time? Am I going to hit this mark by this age? Otherwise I've not hit it in time. Like, I don't know, for some reason that that kind of slows down and you're like, Hey, are my nuts and bolts in order? Do I have a place to sleep? Do I have, you know, good relationships with my friends and family? Do I have a job? (laughs) Okay. All right. Then we're doing okay. You know, and the rest is all gravy. When did that perspective switch for you? Because I know for me, I kind of had to live through some big valleys. Like I had to go through things kind of falling apart within my career and then seeing them be rebuilt in a new way, like new opportunities coming in that I could have never dreamed of. Like you getting that email from your agent, you couldn't have planned for that. That's one of those things that just comes out of the blue, you know? So have you kind of learned to trust your journey in a way? Like, have you learned to like, as long as you feel like you're on your right path and you're pursuing what feels right to you and working as hard as you can, have you learn to like trust more or do you still stress out about control, trying to control it? Mm, I still stress out. <laughs> I mean, I still like, I mean, I think ultimately, ultimately, yes. I, I mean, I, the nuts and bolts, I think are like the bigger stressors in my life. And so as long as those are like taken care of, then I feel okay. But yes, I still stress out because I still have goals. Right. And I, and then sometimes I get hesitant that I'm, um, oh, if I don't hit that goal by the end of this year, then I'm going to wait another year and then wait another year and then maybe the goal is never going to be achieved, you know? And, you know, those kind of things will still stress me out, but um, probably not to the point that they did back in the day. How do you deal with your stress? Like when you're in those moments of like, you have these dreams, you want to achieve them, then you start kind of going down the rabbit hole. What if it doesn't happen? Like, how do you deal with that stress? probably the worst way possible. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I, 
<laughs> um, wine and like, I honestly completely shut down. Oh, like, you when do? I'm extremely stressed out, I shut down. Like I want to take a nap. Like literally I, w- I want to go to sleep or I want to, um, like play Candy Crush or Spades or something on my phone and like not think about anything at all. For me, because I have like severe ADHD, a big daunting task, like a big goal will sometimes seem so overwhelming that it will like shut me down that I have to usually like do that, shut down. I'll take my nap or just 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 make my mind blink for a while. And then I get to come back at it with a fresh slate and just break it down to little tasks. Like, okay, this is the big dream. Okay. I'm not going to be able to take one step to get to that big dream. Let's break it down to like 10 little tasks I can do that I can check off one by one, one by one, and know that I'm just taking small steps closer and closer and closer to that big goal. Because if I try to like focus on that big goal too much, I don't know, I'll get too overwhelmed and I, I literally will shut down. <laughs> like, you know, it's, I did the same thing with like cleaning my house. If I sit there and I say like, I'm going to clean the whole house today, I will literally get out the mop and I will get out this and then I will, I will just look around and be like, oh my God, it's too much to do. I'm done. I'm done. But if I sit there and I tell myself, listen, if you can get this kitchen spotless today, that would be huge. And then we can maybe move on to the living room if we have time after that or whatever it is. But like, let's just get the kitchen done. I have to like break things down into like smaller little goals in order to actually complete a big goal. You know what though? I actually, you said you handle it in the worst way, but I actually think you're handling it in the best way because well, the sleeping in the wine I was thinking was probably like the, no, the shutting down part. I think the shutting down is great and the sleeping because instead of letting yourself just spiral out of control in that frenzy of stress and overwhelmment, you're completely stopping your brain and you're hitting reset. And so then when you wake up, you got a clear head and you're ready to have very achievable action steps to get there. I actually think it's brilliant. Oh, well, thank you. This is just (laughs) how I've survived (laughs) for the last 30 plus years. Yeah, I think you're nailing it. Okay, so this is like a big wide open question, but what do you think the point of this life is? Oh, shit. I know, right? Wide open question. The point (laughs) of this life. Uh Um, The point of this life is to love, I get, you know, just love, love yourself, love your family, love your friends, love all of humanity, love animals, love nature, love, you know, just show love and appreciation for what we've been given. You know, like this is, this was a pretty beautiful world that was given to us and the chance to like live here and create our own families and create our own goals and our own achievements and like, you know, have things provided to us that gives us food and, and water so that we can live. And we, I don't know, the big picture thing is like just to be grateful and, you know, feel the love and spread the love. I Are you know. able to stay in gratitude most of the time? Can you like keep yourself in check? Even if you slip, like, can you get back there? I can. Uh, yeah, I'm working on that. I wouldn't say I'm great at that yet. <laughs> I, I'm try. I try really hard to get better. That's actually been something I've been thinking about over the last year. Um, I don't know. I thought it was like an LA thing, like this whole gratitude journals and things like that, but maybe it's everywhere. (laughs) But there is something about it where you just, when you break it all down, like, man, like we've all been given so much, no matter where you're at in your life, if you really break it down, how much you've been given, um, whether it's, you know, just the fact that you're able to walk or the fact that you're able to, you know, call your mom, your mom's still there or what, you know, those kind of like little gifts that you just don't even take time to appreciate. Sometimes whenever you do do that, man, life is happier. It really is because you just, I can get so caught up in thinking about the negative. And, um, and my husband will even call that me out on that sometimes like, man, you just are so negative lately. Like you just need to like, I don't know. And I'm like, okay, 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 okay. And it's true because I can, I can go down the rabbit hole. I'm like, oh, and you know what? I don't like our car and I don't like our 
freaking couch. We need a new couch, but I have a two-year-old, so I don't want to get a new couch. Oh my gosh, and I, but I hate this couch, but why get a new couch whenever we have a little kid who's going to ruin the couch? You know, it's like stupid stuff, but I will go down the rabbit hole and it's like the whole world's falling apart because I don't like my couch. And you're like, okay, get a grip, okay? Get a grip on yourself and on life in general. Yeah, I hear you though. That's But I think that's great. Just to like, A, to have a partner who keeps you know, keeps you in check too. That's so great. And then we can't help it. I mean, we're going to be human, but yeah. just to know that the goal is gratitude. I feel like it's a, yeah, I, I try so hard. I tattooed it on my wrist. That's how oh, hard. Damn, girl. I mean, that's how much I want to remember to be grateful because it's a daily. How long ago did you do that? Uh, maybe three years ago. Has it worked? Does it help? I think so. I mean, I think subconsciously just like seeing this a million times a day, even if I'm not realizing it, I'm reading the word grateful all the time. And so I think it subconsciously slips in. Don't get me wrong. I don't crush it at being grateful all the time, but I definitely want to be all the time. What are you most grateful for right now? You know, I think this pregnancy journey has really opened my eyes to just how blessed I am that I get to carry a child that we could conceive because people who've listened to my podcast, like, know, like we've had like a, it took us like almost a year, we had a miscarriage and like all that kind of stuff. And it's like, and then so many of my friends have struggled with getting pregnant or infertility and all sorts of stuff. And it's like, I have really appreciated the miracle of life and Mm -hmm. that I have gotten the privilege to experience this. So I think, I think that has been something I've been so grateful for. And I do not take for granted at all. Like even when I felt sick or, you know, you have all the various ailments that come with being a walking penguin, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's still like, I'm so thankful that I get to have this experience. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited for you. You're going to be the best mom. You're so sweet. I feel like I'm going to cry all the time. Oh, well, that's normal. Be prepared. You will. You're crying. You cry all the time. I, oh my gosh. And after you have a kid, it's just great. The damn commercials or those little viral videos that go around with like anything heartwarming, especially has to do with a kid. You're just like, <laughs> just ridiculous. I'm like, get a hold of yourself. Oh my God. I love it. Yeah. Okay. So I wrap up all my interviews with Leave Your Light. So you're a super inspiring person and you have been so inspirational this whole podcast. What is some wisdom that you would like to drop on people that maybe you've learned from being around all types of people that you learn from your own life that just something that you've gathered that you feel like everyone could benefit by knowing? Um, we're all on a, path to get somewhere. And it, a lot of times takes a lot longer than we expected. So do not think that you're on the wrong path, you know, keep going for what you're going for. And don't be scared to like take little turns if you need to, because sometimes like our big plan that we had from day one may not be always like the forever plan. Like maybe it'll turn into like a dash nine. It's like the ninth curve on the a plan where it's still going there, but that actually ended up being the perfect place to be, but you didn't know that that's where you were going. So just trust yourself, trust your path, follow your heart and what you think feels right. Whether it has to do with work or relationships or whatever. And And then also just, oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, and then also back to that whole, like, you just don't know what other people are going through. Like, have some compassion. Um, Try to live with, like, more compassion for other people. I know it's hard because, hey, people be stupid and they annoy you, and I get that. But also, you don't know what the hell they may have been going through that day. It could have been a horrible freaking day for them, That and, and they didn't mean to take it out on you at the coffee shop, but you just happened to be that person that walked out and just say a little prayer for them and and move on with your day, but just try to remember to have compassion. In retrospect, like you said, follow your journey. Like it may take the ninth turn on Mm -hmm. the A path before you get there. Mm -hmm. Do you think though that all of those missteps, what we think they're missteps at the time actually are the right steps because you learned something that you needed to know before you got to your ultimate goal, which will always be changing. Yes. 110% percent. Like if we're talking specifically career things, I literally 
learned a new skill at every job that got me this next job. I didn't know at the time when I was being asked to do these things that I thought were very annoying at the time. I was like, why do I have to learn how to do this? This is so stupid. This has nothing to do with what I want to do with my life. I don't want to have to know how to build a website. I don't want to know how to have to edit. But you know what? Like all those things help me get my next job. And if I didn't have those skills, I would have been a less likely candidate. So learn whatever you can while you're on the job because you don't know where it's going to come in handy later. And, um, you know, don't be like a sourpuss like me. (laughs) Just embrace it because it really helped me out later in life. I love that. You're so amazing. Thank you for taking the You're time. You're so to amazing. Thank you for having me. I had so much fun. You're so busy crushing the world. I feel so honored that you come chat with me. Girl, I'm just in between dirty diapers and interviews. It's just, you know, another normal day here in LA. <laughs> I love it. Okay, well, you're the best ever. Thank you so much. I had so much fun. Okay, bye, girl. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.